This is the message from Connection Community Church for Sunday, November 6th, 2016. Gaps, the forgiveness gap. Well, welcome to week two of our uh, message series called Gaps, those areas in our lives where there's a gap between who we are and who we want to be, a gap between who we are and who God calls us to be. This morning, our focus is on the forgiveness gap. Good morning, Connection Church. How about that extra hour of sleep? Woo, everybody feeling good, refreshed. I know I am. 8.30 was a little fuller than normal, too. So (laughs) my name's Carrie Jones. I'm Alan Jones. And we are two sinners who've been saved by the grace of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Would you pray with us, please? Thank you, God. Thank you for this day, the glory of the day. And we all come in with uh, some pretty heavy stuff. But Lord, my prayer, our prayer, is that everyone would leave a little bit lighter than when they came in. We pray this in the name of the Father, Jesus Christ, his one and only Son, and by the power of the Holy Spirit. And everybody agreed and said, Amen. 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 Well, today we are talking about the forgiveness gap. The forgiveness gap. This is a hard subject to talk about. But it's an important thing to talk about. Why is it so hard to forgive at times? Perhaps it could be the difficulty, um, the difficulty of forgiveness could be directly uh, related to how deeply we've been wounded, how, how bad, how much we've hurt. You know, it's really, really hard to forgive someone when they've hurt you hurt me so so deeply Mm. and yet that's what we're called to do amen so maybe part of the challenge with this whole forgiveness idea is really understanding what it is and what it isn't because i think sometimes we think forgiveness is saying that what somebody did was okay that uh that we're going to ignore the pain that someone has caused us, that we're going to somehow have emotional amnesia. Uh, I'm not so sure that's what forgiveness actually is. For forgiveness, forgiveness is a conscious decision to not allow oneself to be emotionally controlled by the negative actions of someone else. In other words, forgiveness isn't so much letting the other person off the hook, it's letting yourself off the hook, not allowing something that happened to you in the past continue to hurt you, haunt you, control you in the future. So it says, here could be one picture of that. Uh, Somebody did something to you and you vow to never, never, never forgive that action. Never. And so you just want to make them pay for how they've hurt you. And time goes by, and it could be a lot of time that's gone by. And then you finally get the, you know, the, you're ready to confront, and they don't even know what you're talking about. <laughs> I mean, things like that, I know, have happened to me a time or two. And what I've learned with that is the, the person who's been suffering is me. 
not the other person. Because I have held on to that for a long time and they didn't even know really what they had done. Maybe it wasn't intentional, maybe it was, but it was long gone and I was the one holding the unforgiveness. Mm. Yeah. Unforgiveness, it's like this. <laughs> um, it's like drinking poison and, and expecting the other person to die. Let me say that again. Say it with me. Unforgiveness is like, like drinking, drinking poison, poison and, and expecting, expecting the other person, person to, die, to die, right? And here's the thing. It's not just big things. We're talking about here. It's important to forgive those little things, those day-to-day -day things, those, oh, how I wish you would do things my way kind of thing. So how often do we let those little things somehow um, just get in the way, especially when it's somebody close to us, and we let them pile up and fester, and, and they end up blowing up sometimes because we just couldn't let them go? Or how about those times during the day where somebody ignored you or somebody interrupted you or somebody spoke sharply to you or somebody you fill it in with whatever it is that people do to you all the time fill it in with your with your with your stuff you know is it possible for us to somehow recognize that we all fall short of perfection can we somehow allow the other person the benefit of the doubt is it possible for us to forgive even when that other person doesn't realize they've done anything wrong. Or maybe they have, do realize it, and they didn't even say they were sorry. Is it possible for us to somehow forgive them? So the real challenge for this forgiveness gap is that the Bible tells us that it's important to forgive. We have some scriptures to share with you today in Matthew 6. The disciples, Jesus' followers, ask Jesus how they should pray. And he gives them a model for prayer that we know of, we call the Lord's Prayer. The words are on the screen. Let's say the Lord's Prayer together. Our Father in heaven, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. Now let's go on over to top. Did you see that line in there? And I think if you were saying it, you said the line. I didn't hear anybody stop on that one line. Forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Did you really mean that? Lord, I want you to forgive me as I forgive everybody else. Did, did you really mean to say that? Because, you know, when we say that, whoa, we are really bringing it down, aren't we, on ourselves. Forgive me, Lord, in the same way that I'm going to forgive everybody around me. So in Matt, uh, Mark chapter 11, we see another example of this uh, toast stepper that Jesus says. He says, uh, Matt, Mark 11:25. whenever you stand praying, forgive if you have anything against anyone, so that your Father in heaven may also forgive you 
in your trespasses. There it is again. There it is again. God forgive me and the way I'm forgiving others. How about this one? Uh, Luke 6, 37 to 38. Do not judge and you will not be judged. Do not condemn, you will not be condemned. Forgive. Say it with me. And you will be forgiven. Hello. Given, it will be given to you. A good measure pressed down, shaken together, running over, will be put into your lap for the measure you give will be the measure you get back. So this should actually be in quotes because this is what Jesus said. You know, those red letters in the Bible. He's saying you're going to be treated as you treat others. Don't judge and you won't be judged. Don't condemn and you won't be condemned. Forgive and you'll be forgiven. Give and you will receive. Talk in the basic golden rule golden rule here. Do unto others as you would have them do to you. Except the stakes are higher. The stakes are higher. Do unto others as you would like God to do unto you. Ouch. Wow. This is tough. This is really tough stuff because it goes beyond what seems natural to us. You know, to judge, to condemn, to be selfish, and to not forgive. Here we go again. Here again, we find this idea in the Bible that we will be forgiven as we are able mm -hmm. to forgive. And those things are natural in our fallen state. You know, if we were still pre-fall in the garden, it wouldn't be like that, but in our fallen state, it seems natural to judge, condemn, be selfish, not forgive. So what's going on here anyway? What happened? We talk here about unconditional love, right? Can I get an amen? amen? Right. We talk about unconditional love. What happened to God's forgiveness through Jesus Christ? What's this deal? If you forgive, I'll forgive. What happened to lo a loving and forgiving God in heaven that we talk so much about here, especially on Sunday mornings? Well, here's some good news. God is still on the throne. God will be on the throne on Wednesday as well. So don't forget that. God is I. He'll even be on the throne God on Tuesday. God is on the throne. <laughs> even on Tuesday. <laughs> yeah. God loves us. God loves you and you and you and you and you and you. Unconditionally. And God still forgives. The challenge for us is this. Are we able, are we truly able to repent? That's a churchy word. That means when we say we're sorry, we mean it, and we take a different direction. We try to do the next right thing. We go in a new direction. We follow a new path for our lives. The new path is God's path for us. And receive God's forgiveness. In fact, we need to receive God's forgiveness, we can, but we must also forgive others. Here's a really uh, tough thing that we came across recently. When we cannot forgive somebody else, what we're saying is that their sin is greater than ours. I'm going to say that again. When we are unable to forgive somebody else, we're saying that their sin is greater 
than our own sin. Here's how the online question and answer site, it's called Biblical Hermeneutic Stack Exchange. That's a mouthful. This is how, uh, this is what they say on that. On that. Um, it says, in other words, how can we repent and come to God when we believe that the sins of others against us are greater than our sins against God? To put it another way, how can we accept forgiveness from God through Jesus Christ if we are more, actually if we think we are more righteous than our fellow humans who sin against us? The, the sins that others commit against us can in no way be compared to the sins that we and they commit against God. See, if we fail to see that, then, then we remain self-righteous before God because what they did to us is worse than what we have done against God in our minds. We cannot receive the righteousness of God through faith if we maintain and hold on to our own self-righteousness before the eyes of God. Wow. So here's some truth. God only wants what's best for us. God wants what's best for you. God wants what's best for me. And as such, God does not want us to be imprisoned. God wants us to be free. Free. Free to love him and free to love one another. Free to be a new creation in Christ. The old is gone, the new has come. Free from the chains of our sins but also free from the chains of our unforgiveness. To not forgive imprisons us as much as the sins that we commit. And God wants us free from both. The question then is, how can we forgive, especially when we've been really hurt, especially when we'd rather not? In the September 2016 edition of Guidepost, that's a magazine that offers uh, insights of faith and hope. <clears throat> 2016 September edition, it's a story entitled, The Boy I Couldn't Forgive. It's the story of Gretchen, whose only son Tyler became addicted to heroin with the friend, help of his friend and then supplier, Joey. Tyler died of an overdose, and Gretchen blamed Joey, the supplier, the friend, for the death. Later, she was asked to be part of a Q&A panel at a local station that was looking at the heroin epidemic in a story they were sharing in their town. She was asked to be on this panel and agreed only to find out that Joey, now clean and sober, would be on the panel as well. So on the way to the station for this Q&A, Gretchen thought about how she would confront Joey and asked God for the words to say. And she was recalling the memories that she had of her son and Joey, who was like a second, second boy to her. And um, so when she saw him, she asked if she could speak with him for a moment. And in a voice much calmer than her inside, she said to Joey, Joey, with all my heart, I want to hate you. I want to hate you for every second of the rest of my life. Yet, I know I must forgive you. 
And then Gretchen took a deep breath and continued. Christ commands me to. God can't forgive me for my hatred if I can't forgive you. And she thought, Christ commands me? The words were so formal, so uncharacteristic of how I normally speak that I know they didn't come from me. So tears welled in Joey's eyes as he said, I don't even know what to say, Gretchen. Sorry isn't enough, not even close. I don't deserve forgiveness, but I thank you for it. Thank God, I told him. He gave me the words and the strength to do this. I wrapped my arms around him just like I had done a thousand times with my own son. Together, Joey and I walked into the station. I will always grieve for Tyler. No parent who loses a child is ever the same. But that doesn't mean I'm bitter or ungrateful. My grief is in the form of love, a love that reached me from above, that brought peace to a troubled heart. And so with God's help, forgiveness is possible, even when we don't think it is. Challenge sometimes in church, we talk about forgiveness all the time. And I know for me years ago, it was kind of a challenge, okay, so, but how do you do that? Huh? How do you do it? And a friend shared with me kind of a process called Seven Steps of Forgiveness about how you go about forgiving someone. So we want to share that with you today. I thought it might be helpful to you. If you open your program, it's in there. It's entitled Seven Steps to Forgiveness. How do you like that? <laughs> Pull that out, please, everybody. And you might even want a pen because you might want to jot something down along the way here. I find this, and other people that we've shared it with have found this to be very helpful. So seven steps to forgiveness. First step is to truly recognize the injury and who it is that you need to forgive. Can you name the person? Can you specifically say who, it, in this case, it was Joey. She knew it was Joey that she had to forgive. And can you name the hurt? What exactly is it that they did? What is exactly do, do you need to forgive? Can you describe it? It might even help to write it out. In fact, through this whole thing, it might help to take a pen or pencil and write out as you go step by step. So after you recognize the injury, the second thing is to identify the emotions involved. What is it? What emotion do you have around this? And list some feelings of uh, surrounding that, you know, your emotion might be uh, fear, I'm afraid because, or guilt, I feel guilty about this, I feel ashamed, humiliation, these are all feelings that need to be named. I'm angry. Now the thing about anger, it's a secondary emotion, there's something that's driving that anger. For me, uh, I was very angry for a while because of an abandonment, abandonment. So that was the emotion involved. Mm. Okay, so number three then, express your hurt and anger. If, if I could say what I wanted to do to this person, I would tell them, like Gretchen did with Joey, and, and if you have the opportunity, you might be in a position to tell them to really, truly share 
your, uh, what you need to share with that person. That's all, always possible, is it? There might be circumstances where there's a barrier where you can't get to the person or uh, there's a danger involved or what if the person's deceased? You know, you, you might not, be, but you can still, in effect, do that. Again, writing it down is very, his, you write a letter to that person and that gets it out of you, especially someone who's, who's no longer around. You can get that hurt and anger out, out, of, out of you. The fourth thing is really important for everybody to hear. Set boundaries to protect yourself. See, a lot of times when we've been hurt, and especially deeply, it's things that are unspeakable. And so it's very, very important to set boundaries so that you don't enter, in, you know, you don't have to have contact with that person again. Boundaries are healthy, boundaries are important. So think about, list what you can do to protect yourself both now and in the future. Mm -hmm. And then number five, cancel the debt. It says there, when you release the other person from your own expectations, see, here's part of the challenge for us. Other people weren't put on this earth to meet our expectations. Wow, okay. So you can let that go. Now, when you release the other person from your expectations, you're ready to forgive, to cancel the debt, to let it go. Write down something you do to symbolize your willingness to forgive. Again, writing it down is very, very helpful because it's, it's very concrete, it's solid, it's, it's putting it on paper. Cancel the debt, let it go. Number six, consider the possibility of reconciliation. Now, this is not possible some of the time. And even if the person is alive, it may not be, it takes two. It takes two for reconciliation. And so it just might not be possible, but sometimes consideration of that, it could happen depending on the circumstance. If you approach the other person, what do you think the response would be? Can you accept the worst possible response? Mm. And then finally, number seven, move on. This is the hardest part, I think, because you're the only one that can make this happen. The other person can't make it happen. You know, we some, well, I'm waiting for an apology. That, that's not gonna forgive. That's not gonna let it go. That's gonna, not gonna allow you to move on. Only you can release and move on. And the biggest challenge is not to go back and pick it up again. How often have we said, oh, it's done, and then we go back and pick it up and relive it. There's a writer, her name is Anne Lamont, she says this, forgiveness is giving up all hope of a better past. In other words, we relive it, relive it, relive it, it never changes, does it? It never gets any better, it is what it is, and we gotta let that go, and we gotta move on, otherwise we're gonna be imprisoned by the past. The past won't change, only you can, and you've got to let it go. So I am not always like chomping at the bit to like be this vulnerable, but I want to give you an example of this in my life. Um, back after my parents were married for 30 years and five kids, uh, my dad decided that he didn't want to be in the marriage anymore, and it came as a 
terrific blow and kind of out of the blue to uh, us. And so, um, you know, it's pretty devastating to my mom and to us. And um, we're never the same after something like that. And our family was just blown apart. So um, I maintained contact, but I have to tell you that every time I talked to dad on the phone uh, after that happened, I would get a headache and a stomach ache. But I, I tried, but every single time I would have a headache or a stomach ache. Well, seven years later, so we're into the early 1990s at this point because it happened back in the 80s. Seven years later, I was talking to Jesus and uh, I said a dangerous question. The question was, hey God, what do you want me to work on? So I thought I was in pretty good shape, actually. It was kind of, I was a little bit arrogant about where I was in my walk. So I thought, hey, God, what do you want me to work on? Because I couldn't find anything. No, that's the truth. I didn't know at that point. And you know what I heard in my head? Forgive your father. I'm like, seriously? Forgive your father is what I heard. And then I got mad at God, like, what? You want me to forgive my father? He's the one that's wrecked our family. Yeah, forgive your father. And so I spent some time in prayer and prayed to do that. And then like a week or so later, I had my conversation with dad that we tried to maintain. And I realized when I hung up the phone, I didn't have a headache, I didn't have a stomach ache, and there was joy. So I called dad back and I said, you know what, we need to talk. And he, we lived in Seaford at the time and he came down and we had a talk and I looked at dad and I said, I forgive you for what you did to mom and to the rest of us. And um, dad asked for forgiveness as well. And so I went through this process. You know, my emotion was abandonment I expressed my hurt and anger to God, and then God helped heal that. I didn't really have to set the boundaries that are important for some of us to do in this situation, but when I prayed, the debt was canceled because that was evidenced by the fact that I no longer felt like I was gonna get sick or have a headache after I talked to Dad. And for me, the reconciliation was possible in a different kind of way. And um, we were able to move on. Here's why this is important. 27 years later, dad has been, dad was saved. He accepted Christ as his savior. He reads the Bible that Alan and I gave him. We've prayed together. He comes to church, he's born again. He loves Jesus with all of his heart, mind, soul, and strength now. And my dad's in his last weeks of life right now. And I am able to sit, and he is able to be with us. All of my family, most of my family, has been able to get to this point. And dad can die peaceful without the burden 
and we can move on without the burden. Forgiveness is so important, no matter if the person's with you or not with you, because it releases us, and we can become free from that. I do ask for your prayers for my dad right now. And, um, you know, I hope I have him for Christmas. I don't know. I don't know at this point. But I do know that he's going to heaven and that he's forgiven and free. And I needed to release that and ask for forgiveness myself for the hardness that I had in my heart. We say this over and over and over again. With God, all things are possible. Carrie could not have done that. It's only with God. I don't know what it is in your life. This is hard stuff. Some of you have gone through or are going through some disastrous, hurtful, horrible things. But allow God to minister to that place so that it doesn't consume your head and your heart so that you can feel joy and peace in your life because that other person isn't the one that's hurting necessarily it's you and with god we can absolutely do that that's the good news of the cross of the gospel of jesus christ coming for you and for me let's believe it and live it amen let's pray almighty god this is really tough stuff that that we've talked about today and a lot of us are dealing with some uh, very difficult things that are um, sad and hurtful but god i know that you can uh, minister to each one of us and you'll take our hurt thank you for your forgiveness and help us forgive those around us knowing that it could be a process it could be years but that we are we can be free i thank you and praise you in the name of the father son and holy spirit and everybody gathered and said amen, amen. thank you for joining us for our podcast for more information about connection community church in middletown delaware please visit our website at just show up church you can also call our church offices at 302-378-7692. Connection Community Church. Connecting people.